I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first football round. It's okay, it's me. I was just doing it in a Scottish accent. Wow. Um, I was terrified then. I thought you were fat head grey. <laughs> uh, it is the football round, but welcome, Pete. Yes. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm sorry if I smell of onions. I've been eating onions. That's, that, was your, that was your first clue, Marcus. We share mics here at the Football Ramble because yeah. we're impoverished. Listeners, it won't affect you. Onions will not affect <laughs> onions. It doesn't work like that. It's not going to get out your iPod or whatever yeah. you used to listen. Yeah. yeah, but Pete's definitely here. Luke's here. All right. Yeah. No, is that it? No, I'm here as well. Okay. Yeah. James or Jim is here as well. Uh, we're going to start with an email from Simon from Surrey. He says, uh, Rambles who? Uh, as I'm sure you've seen, David James has been lobbed by Burnley's no. own Martin Patterson. Knowingly lobbed. Knowingly lobbed, Very yeah. much so, knowingly lobbed. Yeah. He says, as far as I'm aware, it's the second time James has been lobbed after ruining his effort against Portsmouth a couple of years ago. He's probably been lobbed more than yeah, that. Yeah, so he's had a 20-odd-year career. <laughs> he's a tall oh, lad, though, to be fair. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, what is your favourite lobbed goal in the history of football? Mine would have to be Pauletta's playing for PSG as he lobbed the keeper from a ridiculous angle. I remember that. Mental goal. Simon and sorry, he didn't mean that, Pauletta. <laughs> because I thought to myself, I'll have a look at that one. Just to remind myself. Yeah. And uh, he didn't mean it. It was from a, a ridiculously acute angle. I think he looks up to stand the ball up to the back post and it goes in. Well, hang on a minute. This isn't the dubious goals panel. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> this is the football ramble. Oh, is it not? All right. <laughs> we should door. definitely go for that job, though. <laughs> yeah. That is a great job, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's have a dice. <laughs> <laughs> three, three through six. Yeah. He meant it. Yeah. <laughs> or a lucky eight ball, perhaps. Yeah. Um, oh, look, Cloudy says uh, <laughs> the dubious goals panel. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, Luke, hit us with what you've got. Me first. I'm going to go for... Now, I'm pretty sure you'll remember this one, Marcus. I hope the rest of you do too. <laughs> I'm going to go for Romario, a ramble favourite Romario. Yeah. Mm. Can you remember for Barcelona? Now, I think it was against Real Sociedad, but as I said earlier mm. to you, Marcus, I can't remember... Fully, and I can't find the game itself. I can only find it in the compilation sort of clip on YouTube. Yeah. But anyway, he breaks the offside trap. Yeah. Ball comes over. Someone sort of pops it over from deep over the back four. He chests it, mm. and in the middle of chesting it, he looks over, sees the keeper comes out, and he lobs it without even touching the floor. So he goes, chest, lob, over the top of the keeper. Lovely goal. It's, lovely. it's a beauty. Yeah. It's a beauty. And if I can find it on YouTube, trust me, I'll be working away between now and Wednesday. I'll get it up on there for you. On Ramble Tube. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's against Real Sociedad, but people can let, tell me if I'm right or wrong. But that is a beauty of a goal. It's a good start. It's a good start. James, Strong. what have you got? I'm going to go for an absolute classic, right? I'm going to go all the way back to Euro 96. Carol Poborski against Portugal. 
It was good one. Yeah, <laughs> scooped it up with his foot, didn't he? And that sort of inspired a generation of sort of, of flash school children <laughs> to try and do the same all the time. It's absolutely brilliant. It was so high up in the mm. air. It's a superb goal, it's a absolutely one. glorious. No, that, that is a brilliant one because yeah. they were playing Portugal and Portugal were kind of an outside favourite for them, yeah. if I remember correctly. Outside favourite? Imagine and that, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, they were they were an inside outsider, and uh, yeah, they were um, they were, and uh, obviously Czech Republic got to the final. But I remember that it took something special. That was the yeah. only goal in the game. And I remember people watching it going, "Bloody hell!" Yeah, you, can you do that? V- yeah, Vita, yeah. Vita Bay, who was I think he was a Barcelona he was keeper, a keeper at the time. Vita Bayer, yeah. He was just sort of stood there like. Because yeah. he had a lot of men on him as well. It, yeah. was like, it wasn't like he was just sort of had loads of space and thought, oh, I'll try something all day. He got a bit fortunate, I think, when oh, he yeah. took it past one guy. But then, Not but an awful lot of um, more enjoyable players to watch than Carol Fabors. Mm, in his pomp. Yeah. You reckon? Oh, I think he was a beauty. Okay. Interesting. Pete, what have you got? Curry, think of one, lads. Looking for number five. With Philippe Albert. I can't really think of one. Oh. <laughs> is, that long, is that to go along with your Philippe Albert official fan club t-shirt? Which you're <laughs> official fan club do official. Yes, on the way up it, I said to Luke, I will slip my throat. I hit Pete. I will I slip my Pete. throat if he doesn't go for that one. You did as well. <laughs> so, I, didn't, I didn't. I can't think of one. So okay. that was, <laughs> I don't know so what that you're was, talking about. Well, That goal that we're talking about, that was against Man United, right? Yeah, yeah that was 5-1. 5-0. Yeah. Five nil, of course, um, of course. Centre Pete, back, centre back, Philippe Albert. Yeah. Free well, scoring. If you can't back. think of one, then you can't get the points. <laughs> <laughs> so back in your box. <laughs> how, how many of you like brought a sound effect? <laughs> oh. Yeah, well that's it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going back to Euro '96 as well, and Davos Sukes yeah. chip. Uh, oh, yeah. against Denmark yeah, Schmeichel know this because Schmeichel had gone up for a corner hadn't he yeah and he, he ran all the way back and the ball was popped over to Shukir and yeah. uh, he finished with some style a plomb, a plomb. The weird, weird thing about that though Schmeichel probably did have time to get back on his line he just sort of stood his ground a bit and just sort of thought actually <laughs> I'll try and charge him down. oh god yeah. <laughs> another one of those uh, goalkeepers that's been knowingly lobbed Stick him in the, uh, stick yeah. him under me, in, yeah. in, in the. Uh, I was going to say honourable mentions for the the chap who did that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been knowingly lobbed. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Robert Perez has got a few honourable mentions for that. He got a great one against Southampton. Don't remember, just you sort got... of really arrogantly flicked it in from a long way out with a goalkeeper just completely stranded. I don't remember that one. You got that was a, a great d- one. Um, Crespo's got a good one for Milan, I think, as well. One on one where he chipped the keeper. Yeah. Beckham's against Thingy um, Wimbledon for, for United against Wimbledon. Yeah. What about? Yeah, I guess that counts, have, doesn't it? Yeah. Would you have Beckham's against Deportivo La Coruña in the Champions League? Do you remember when he? I'm not sure if that was a lob or not. It was from the, the right side of the pitch, and he kind of smacked, like curled it right over the keeper into the corner. Like it was from about 30 yards out. Mm. I remember David Beckham I don't know if that scoring. Counted as a lob. Yeah, though. I remember him scoring one for Real Madrid that was kind of. It could have been counted as a lob, right? But he had a lot of sp- he had a lot of space when he was quite far out from goal, and he actually stopped the ball and like took a run up like it was a free kick. It right. was brilliant. Oh, <laughs> he knows his pace. We'll have to we'll have to ask the dubious lobbed panel. Yeah. Did it, did dubious it, did lob it, panel. Didn't Nude Sky one at the uh, weekend? He did actually. Shit, yeah. But it was sort of like a shin, it was a shin roller. roller. It was a bit, yeah. of, a shin it was a bit of we used to call that a ski slope. Oh, good. Yeah. Can yeah. you use his proper name, please? The Nuge. Nugenio. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we can do, but we, we need to give some points out. Yeah. Go on, Luke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I've never seen this goal, so I'm not sure it exists. I'm going to be contesting this to the dubious <laughs> lost yes. goals panel. <laughs> I'll stick it up on. I'll stick it up on round with you if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah. If it's, you it's an absolute beauty. Righto. Well, um, basically, in the first opening question, if you get Romario in there, you're pretty much yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> uh, well, next week we're going to be asking favourite player to have possibly scored a thousand goals or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Pele. Oh, damn. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the Premier League. Arsenal v Burnley. Arsenal won. The Nuge did score a ski slope. And <laughs> it's called a ski Sunday where I'm from. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a ski. It's called a ski late off the yoghurt. What? Where I come from. Yeah. Also acceptable. That's Bobby, right. Bobby Shinroller. Bobby Shinroller. It's called a ski low on the main streets where I'm from. <laughs> ah, nice. Marcus, didn't you? You wish, to, James. Don't you call it a niche in tow as well? Uh, a Shinroller. That's yeah. quite self-explanatory. Where the other ones need ex- explanation. <laughs> um, Nicholas Bentner didn't score. Mm. Should have. Emphatically didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> if he was half as good as he thinks he is, he'd be twice as good as he is. Yes, yeah, agreed. Exactly right. yeah. <laughs> speaking, exactly of, speaking of uh, lobs of sorts, uh, the setup for Fabregas goal from Nasri. Yeah, oh, it was great actually, wasn't yeah. it? And a really deft little cheeky finish as well. Such yeah. a shame he picked, picked up an injury, but I suppose he's gone on with the amount of games he's played. He's actually equaled Robert Perez's record of 14 goals for an outfield uh, midfielder for Arsenal in a season. That's right, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's good. You've still got a bit of time. He'll be yeah. back before the end of the season, won't you? Yeah, so I don't think it's a serious one, so hopefully, yeah. yeah. Reasonably, well, comfortable win for Arsenal, yeah. but... Made it difficult for themselves for a bit, but they that's, did, yeah. that's the way of Arsenal at the moment, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine what people would be saying about Walcott if Bentner had put those chances away? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he had a great game anyway, but... Yeah. Jesus. Well, he scored... Walcott, if that had gone in, Walcott would have scored 75% of that goal. <laughs> yeah. He made it so easy for Bentner, especially the um, the second one. Yeah. Where he was eight yards out with a goal at his most, and yeah. he tapped it wide. Yeah, he, I mean, he did. The, he did, tried to do the right thing on both occasions, just putting yeah. it sort of in the corner, but it just didn't bloody do it. It's, did it's, it's a bit of an odd one because so much of that sort of, as we always keep hearing from so-called sort of uh, experts and stuff, so much of that sort of who look, yeah, experts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so much of that is to do with confidence. But then yeah. Bentner seems like the most confident man in the yeah. world. But it's it, it, it an odd one. He scores a great header against Stoke. Yeah, he did. You know, the yeah, previous he really rose, like, rose up well and then got it right in the corner. So that's, that's the right. thing with Bennett, though. He clearly does have the ability. He thinks he does. It's just sort of unlocking it more. And it's just sitters like that. I'm Do you not think maybe he's overconfident? The ball comes to him and he thinks, well, that's a goal. And he, he might be yeah. right, yeah, actually. Yeah. I don't know. know why I sounded like a sort of rude boy then. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right, yeah. You might be right, yeah, but what? You always run. Super Theo. Super Theo Walcott. Yeah. Scored a lovely goal. Um, played well. And even got a little bit rambunctious, didn't he? He did, actually, yeah. Fox put a, a big challenge on him and he rode it. You can see the Arsenal fans are still rattled. Arsenal fans, Arsenal players. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Walker obviously got a lot of criticism for his performance for England. Mm. Um, and he's responded well. I mean, that, that is Burnley at home. We can't get you ahead of ourselves mm. here, you know. But it, it's exactly the response you need to give. Very it's true. Positive. Very true. Would we have... Would you Would you take Walker? No. No? <laughs> that's, that's the I, I probably wouldn't either. Mm, I mean, yeah, I, he's going to have to have ten blinders in the, the remaining games for well, me. I think. Well, the, the worry, is that the, the, the most important thing is that Lennon's not got a due date back yet. Yeah. So if that carries on that way, it's complicated, and, and he doesn't recover as well as, as, as we thought he might. Then you're looking at SWP or Walcott. You're worried that Sean Wright Phillips is going to get in there. Maybe D Beck will get a starting berth. Well, you can't start games, Beckham. Surely. Mm, I mean, you, you want someone with with genuine pace. In yeah. the side, I think, but I mean, right, Phillips, he did all right against Egypt, scored, yeah, set one up, I think. Paul Skulls on the right wing, that'll probably work. Yeah. <laughs> no, on the left. Yeah. All right, yeah, sorry, how <laughs> silly of me. Um, yeah, Skulls, he got his hundredth uh, Premier League goal. 
Uh, Great goal as well, brilliant finish. Yeah. So composed, just classic goals, really. Yeah, no, good to see. I, mean, I was amazed, actually, that when they said, oh, he scored his 100th Premier League goal, I was like, has he not really Yeah, me, me too, actually. Mm. You think of him as being like a sort of 20th season man, don't you? No, absolutely, James. Um, Wes Brown, we're talking about England injuries. Wes Brown, yeah. is, is, uh, is he broken his foot? Is, is having a scan? I had some horrific talk today um, of Gary Neville being called back yeah. up for the English calling. Yeah. I'd Neville. rather Phil Neville. I'd rather Phil I would as well. I'm a- absolutely. Phil absolutely. Neville's still playing regularly for a good side. Captain yeah, of a well team too. and more versatile. Yeah, because Neville's not playing much for United, is no. he? He's, well, he's barely playing at all, isn't he? Yeah. Well, who knows there? Almunia? Yeah. Right back. Yeah. Could happen. You know, he probably won't. Got a good hoof on him. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Manchester United have um, said that Owen Hargreaves is set to make his return from injury with a run out uh, for the reserves this Surely week. Surely it's too late for him to. to I'll tell you what, though. Plane. I'll tell you what. If he, he can crash a plane, <laughs> terrorism. I think that you is. just <laughs> just gate crash the boarding gate. <laughs> There's a plane crash after yeah. that, and that's, you don't want that. No, that's the last thing you want. I tell you what. I'd love it if Hargreaves could get himself fit. I mean, this is. I've kept pretty quiet up to now about Hargreaves. <laughs> I would love I've it. always voiced my opinions for the men. Yeah, you have, yeah. Um, we uh, all have, in fairness. I mean, he was, wasn't he? He was, he was never um, a definite for the tournament which he shone in, was he, really? No. And then I, he, I think he's been just, used incorrectly out yeah, there. Very much out yeah. of sight, out of mind. Was he was one of our best players, too. Oh, he was our best player, wasn't he? Yeah. By a yeah. mile, I would say. Yeah, so I'd, I'd love it if he could make the World Cup but is it enough for him though I mean because he's not going to get back into the swing of games is it? he could break down again at the World Cup I'd also, well, I was want. about to say I'd also love it if I won the lottery do you know what I mean yeah. I think it's one of those isn't it <laughs> it's kind of beginning now isn't it it's like oh Rooney's starting to get a couple of niggles isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's another one by the way Goulson. speaking of, um, of of Rooney getting a couple of niggles it was interesting to see how much respect Capello's got um, in this sort of game in this country because you know, Ferguson uh, was, was mm. annoyed about Rooney playing the entire game. Very much and, so. But he didn't sort of, sort of focus any of his ire on, yep. Ferguson, yeah. uh, on uh, Capello. He no, said, he yeah. said Rooney, he, you know oh, what he's like. Yeah, he, I don't blame Fabio. He's got to pick his strongest available team. Yeah, I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that Alex Ferguson that? Yeah. Like that? You know? yeah, that is an incredible. Yeah. yeah. So he put all the blame on Rooney, which is his, was his best player. Yeah. Would he not have been so lenient with Sven? Oh, oh, we wouldn't have been with McLaren. <laughs> I know him and McLaren probably quite close, but he's still yeah. he's, not, he's not backwards and coming forward most of the time, Ferguson on that on that sort of club versus country issue. No, no, no. Capello's very popular at the moment, though. Mm. Very much so. I'm, I'm, I think there's been a, it's, a, it's a developing a little bit of a backlash against yeah. him because what people are I think he is popular on the whole, but a lot of people are saying you know what he's saying he's going to pick players on form, but he's still picking like sort of players who haven't been in form like Gerard and other players like that, and, and he's leaving and he's got a friendly against Egypt and he's leaving players out that he should be having a look at. You know, people there is a bit of a backlash. Yeah. I suppose you yeah. always get that sort of thing in England, don't you? He's talked yeah. about so much. Mm. I mean, it was interesting how. Different England women, Gerard and Lampard, gone off the field. It was just a much more dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's strange. Yeah, it, you can't argue with his scoring record for England. Right. He's, he's got to go. I think. Yeah. I think it's. I think people. There is very much an argument of of picking players on form. Of course, there is. And he's always. Oh, and, and one player, some people say, well, he's not really playing for his club. But Crouch just seems to do it more often than not. And, and yeah. lest we forget, you know, there's there's an umpteen amount of examples that, that, that one can pull out the hat where players have not been playing for their club or they've not been playing well, but they just seem to do it on the international stage. Yeah. You know, and look, James McFadden for Scotland mm-hmm. would perform all the time for Scotland and get crucial goals, mm-hmm. um, but wasn't always in the Everton lineup. And And the, uh, perhaps a, a wonderful example as well is David Healy for crying out loud. Yeah, Couldn't get in the lead side who yeah. were in the championship. I but think has the record say. for European qualifying goals. Exactly. Yeah. So, Northern Ireland. 
once again, it, I, I just think to myself, Fabio's in control, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, we, when we were talking about something the other day, off mic, Luke, you said a very interesting thing. Which, which in, previously, you'd, you'd think, oh, England would go one down, you think, oh, it's all right, we've got Lineker, we've got Shearer, we've got Owen, whatever. But now you think, it's all right, we've got Capello. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, you think he knows what to do. He That's knows right. how to change a game and make things work. Mm. You've got a bit of the sort of Mourinho factor around. Obviously, I know he's been going a lot longer than him, but, we're, you know, we hadn't seen Capello in the, in the Premiership. And he definitely has that similarity with Mourinho, where he can sort of change oh, something sort of fundamental and make it work. I, I, the other thing about Crouch, to his credit, is um, it's easy to forget that, actually, to come on in an international game against a decent side like Egypt mm. and make an impact... You know, the amount of times you see strikers come on and not really do anything. That's right. Yeah. It's hard to pick up the pace of a game when you come off the bench Very at any level. So. And to do it at an international level and contribute with two deciding goals is a massive, massive but, Crouch, but Crouch is, you know, people say, I think coming off from the bench is... Very important as well. He'll be doing that. He'll yeah, be. and I think That's, people sometimes forget. They think you've got the start in eleven, and then and then there's kind of everybody else. But actually, I mean, look at Egypt with mm. um, his name escapes me. Guido. Guido. Yeah, thank yeah. you. You know, for the African Cup of Nations, top scorer and and always came off. Didn't the bench. start a game. Yeah. That's right. Well, more than that, look at the Euros, uh, Euro two thousand eight. Fabregas and uh, Danny Guitha mm. came off the bench for Massive Spain a lot, and they were they were a huge part of that squad despite yeah. never starting. So score game now, Marcus. It always has been. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, the last thing that you would want to see when you're really, really tired at the back end of a game is seeing a giant man. Six <laughs> <on the pitch. laughs> yeah. A six foot oh. seven robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Everton beat Hull 5 1 at home. Rodwell scored again, proving that he definitely is a footballer. Yeah. Um, uh, Landon Donovan scored as well. Uh, he's going to be going back stateside. It's a shame. Soon. He's made it very clear he would like to come back to Everton, though, isn't he? Which I'd like to see him go there because he's done really well. I think he's proved a lot of his doubt as wrong. Yeah. I'm really pleased for him. Also, yeah. sounds like a Cockney saying London. Yeah, that's it, London. We've done. We, we, to be fair, we did say to him. We just say about him before he, he turned up that he might find it a lot easier in England because a lot of cultural similarities. That's right. Because he struggled when he was in Germany, but he's looked like he's slotted in there like he's been he, playing for he, years. Yeah, yeah, he looks as though you can just see on his face that he's having a great time, and he's yeah. kind of like. Oh no, do I have to go back? Yeah. He did well against Hull, but it was a bit of a miss the week before, wasn't it? Gotcha. Yeah. That was a mm. bit of a sitter. But yeah, hopefully he'll have a decent World Cup and he'll and he'll come back and sign for someone like Everton on a permanent basis because I think he's fitted in well. And I think I think he's a good player. Yeah. yeah. Across uh, Liverpool, Jamie Carragher said that um if it comes to it he'll have no difficulty leaving Liverpool if the club were to uh, let his contract just uh, run out and expire um at the end of next season. He said the club will give me a, a new contract if they want to. If not, it doesn't bother me. I'll still play my best and I'll have to move uh, when the time comes. It wouldn't bother me. I think we all know he's not going to be playing his best. Um, <laughs> he's trying his best. It, is a bold- <laughs> it seems an odd one for him to just, you know, the club that he's been at for his entire career. That is a bullshit game of brinkmanship on it his part. It is his entire career, isn't it? It is his entire career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't have to come out. Just say, well, if they don't renew it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's very aggressive. If you're a Liverpool fan, you don't want to hear that. It's, not, it's, it's a bit mental because he's normally been a really balanced and, and sort of thoughtful man. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he's well, worried he, about actually having to read the contract. He's not yeah, looking, exactly. oh, I can't read. He did say, I, uh, with regards to his uh, finishing for playing for England, he said, I made the England decision quickly and didn't dwell on it, and I'm not scared of making big decisions. The Premier League has revealed that it will not pursue the idea of um, a playoff for fourth place. 
and the final Champions League place, which we talked about the other week. Did they just want an excuse for a lunch, do you think? <laughs> it would appear. Yeah. Maybe that's what, why these stupid ideas keep coming up. Like, maybe, well, let's see if in the future we can play a game on the moon. Well, that's yeah. absurd, yeah, but we'll get a huge lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Sepp, look what he's doing. He gets yeah. a lunch. He's having lunches all the time. We've got, we've got to catch up. Yeah. We've got to modernise. Yeah. When we all get promoted we'll get, to FIFA, we need to be used to having yeah. massive lunches. We'll get a Caribbean gala out on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, the West Ham chairman David Gold can I say that David Gold comes across as a very dislikable he's a porn baron yeah (laughs) no 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 David Sullivan is the porn baron oh yeah sorry is Gold not one as well I think they're both aren't they Sodom possibly Um, uh, allegedly (laughs) there we go safe Sodom that was one of their titles (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's where they're from Sodom number three and Gomorrah um David Gold said uh, that apparently the idea to scrap the the fourth place playoff was um, mainly mainly due to uh, time constraints within the football calendar. He said it was just a physical thing, finding time in the calendar. Well, that, that's rubbish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said that um, there was a feeling in the room that a playoff could make the league more exciting and bring more clubs the possibility of getting into Europe. But the Premier League is the most exciting league that the world has ever known. And no one, <laughs> and no one is looking to damage that. And so say all of us. <laughs> yeah. What an absolutely outrageous display of hubris. Yeah. The League of Gentlemen was quite good. I yeah, yeah it, is, it is true. It's the most exciting league the world has ever known. Yeah, he does come across as a dislikable chap. Though. When he, when he <laughs> took a... over at West Ham, there was a bit where um, he was. He was. I saw on Sky News when he was actually outside Upton Park, and the journalists were talking to him about it. He was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm a local boy. I live just down the road. Four four two, not four five one. Four four two. smug twat. Yeah. yeah, he is James. I think we can all agree. Because David Gold, David Sullivan's the man with all the cash. David yeah. Gold's effectively just his mate, isn't he? I mean, are they going to actually be that good for West Ham? I know they're trying to stabilise, but they keep saying these things about, oh, we're looking at the books and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't they pipe up they wanted Van Nistel on 100 grand a week? Yeah, they well, said they it? could afford one sort of big player, but I, I just worry for West Ham. I do hope they stay up, because, I mean, if Gold and Sullivan are, are just are saying, you know, we don't have a lot of money, we're just here to stabilise, and they, they really need it. Yeah, it's a shame they've got good players at West Ham. But they were, sort of, they were sort of saying that uh, people are coming up to me and going, I will take a pay cut um, if this club can keep going and stuff. It's like, what, somebody who's like the tea lady is going to come up and go, I will accept the pay cut <laughs> yeah. on my 12 grand salary. But to be fair, Pete, you were saying that sort of earlier in the season, just because they, Gianfranco is like, a nice bloke and he's got a funny smile and everyone loves him because he was a great player, doesn't mean he's a brilliant manager. Mm. And, and you were saying he's a bit overrated. I know he's had problems, West Ham have had a lot of problems off the pitch. But but every still every club point. has that. Every club has. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, yeah. And you should know that as a Portsmouth fan. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least Portsmouth are putting in a couple of performances here and there. Yeah. That moves us on to the FA Cup, because Portsmouth are in the semi-final. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It's been my uh, fourth trip to Wembley in two years. <laughs> I'm away from home, is it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one else who supports the club in this room can say that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, great. So, to be honest, Pom- what I learnt from the game against Birmingham was that Pompey are fine, providing the other team don't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll have Fulham or Spurs in the next round. I was, I was, I was disappointed with Birmingham because they they showed nothing of that side that sort of attack and defend as a unit. I mean, they haven't got two strikers who were scoring an awful lot of goals, but they play so well as a team, and they just look horribly disjointed at Fran Park and, mm. and Portsmouth. You know, the league league table doesn't lie. You know, whilst Pompey have been putting some more right performances in, they're no great shakes. And they and Pompey didn't really look that uncomfortable, to be honest. Well, they, they're going to have to um, make a special uh, representation to the Football Association in order to be paid their FA Cup money. Mm. Mm. 
Um, it's the carnival or something. Like. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, any club in administration, um, which of course Portsmouth are, have to seek approval from the FA to keep cup winnings. Well, it's obviously got to go to the right place, the money, which has, hasn't been happening over the last sort of few years. Yeah. <laughs> but did you see that... Um, Big part of send-off party for Story? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, just give it to Story. <laughs> Why not? Um, in coppers. But, yeah. <laughs> Thrown at him. <laughs> um, but Birmingham scored, in actual fact, and the, and the, linesman and the uh, assistant referee didn't give it. The ball was over the line. Well, yeah, definitely over the line. Yeah, and so. I think that, that was a bit unfair on Birmingham. But other than that, I thought Portsmouth were worth their win. Yeah. At Reading, 2-0 up at half-time against mm, Aston Villa. Yeah. Apparently, Martin O'Neill gave a very stern t- uh, half-time team talk, and they came out and hammered them 4-2, really. Nigh. Nigh. Right, okay. Nigh. He <laughs> started off every sentence like that. Right. Mm. Rind a bite. <laughs> Nigh. Did you hear um, the Celtic striker Robbie Keane when he scored his goal? Um, he ran towards um, the TV cameras and went, "Yes!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> a really, a really audible. Yes! <laughs> yeah, I did. He scored a few goals for them now, Robbie Keane. Did he not? Did he not think it through? As he's running towards the cameras, you think he was thinking, "What? What, 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 what am I saying?" Do you find Robbie Keane and Damien Duff actually always look like they're trying to work something out? Yeah, it's just what <laughs> their faces look like. <laughs> yeah, very much so, James. Let's go to Spain. Oh, wicked. Yeah. So I sent the ramble plane. I've already been there once this season. Mm. Mm. Well, you have as well. What are you saying that for? Well, I didn't say it in such a wanky manner. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's a place I'd like to visit. It's <laughs> 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 Stephen <laughs> Island's home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Touche. Real Madrid are on top. Mm. Top of the league. Oh, yeah. Now, if anyone is confused, as I was, of why they're top, um, given that the <laughs> Liga goes on head-to-head record, they're top on goal difference until they play each other twice, and then mm-hmm. it's decided. That's right. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to... Yeah. You I, understood that, that, what I told you me. earlier. Then, yeah, yeah, you yeah, told okay. me. Yeah, I didn't realise. <laughs> um, no, you, you are right indeed, Luke. Uh, they are on top of the league through goal difference. I got there in the end, sorry. Um, there were two goals down against Sevilla. Uh, and then Ronaldo, Ramos, and Van der Vaart in the uh, in the ninetieth minute. Who they were trying to offload in the summer? Van yeah, yeah. Ramos again with a header. Yeah, yeah. superb in the air and yeah. against I mean, his old club as well. Yeah, yeah. they absolutely battered Sevilla as well for for a long period of that game. I mean, Iguain seemed on a personal mission to score, <laughs> and Ronaldo was obviously had a lot of shots coming in and stuff. It's just they're. Pretty good, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got They're good for again. Argentina against Germany. He did, yeah. Ended their year-long beat, unbeaten run. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Madrid are top. Uh, Barcelona drew two all away at uh, Almeria. Hmm. Can someone talk me through the uh, zebra sending off? Well, it was an off-the-ball incident. I think yeah. the defender, the ball. I think Ibra played the ball away and then the defender had a little niggle and he turned around and I think it, it, it looked pretty enough. I think there was suspicion of an elbow I'm not sure yeah, suspicion it was. of an elbow yeah. the guy, well it actually it looked as though uh, the guy went down and the referee was looking in that direction and the players suddenly all went mental um, at Ibrahimovic and the referee kind of looked as if to go oh I better act and he yeah. kind of blew the whistle stopped and then went to walk over there looked at the player on the ground and then gave the red card I think yeah. the referee was the, the players really hassled him. So it's difficult to say whether yeah. it was a correct decision or not. He did that That's thing right. that referees do where they'll give the player the red card when they're standing nowhere near them because they've, they've seen that the player's accepted what's going to happen so they're just sort of red card thin air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that okay. annoys me. They should chase the player. Give it to them. I've said it before and I'll say it again. My favourite kind of red card is when the person who's committed the offence doesn't even look up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, start, just starts walking off, possibly removing a shirt and throwing it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my... Uh, you don't Roy, see that enough Roy, these days. Roy Keane on uh, Alfinger Harland. <laughs> that was one. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. That's, that's the rabble for you. You don't see disrespect 
respect enough these days. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes to see that. Yeah. We do. Kick respect out of football. That's <laughs> yeah. our campaign. Very much so, James. Um, Messi scored a lovely little delicate free kick. Oh, it was a lovely little one. It's it's could, true. He could have blown that in. It was so delicate. It was. It was. And uh, it was a. Um, was it an Oggy? A Carlos Puyol? Yeah, was, yeah. Well, yeah. He, he actually. He sort of went, oh God, and just put his face on the floor before the ball had even gone yeah. in. It was a similar <laughs> thing to the. <laughs> Couldn't have been stopped. I mean, it all yeah. went in slow motion in his head. Yeah. In the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich are on top with 53 points. Schalke zero form. A Despite second. a lacklustre draw. They yeah. did, yeah. Schalke a second with 51, and Bayern Leverkusen a third with 50. Three points separate the top mm. three. Yeah. We were sort of slamming Podolski last week, weren't we? And he, <laughs> he went and bloody scored against his old club. In a characteristic response. Yeah, in a, in a murking of the ramble. The football ramble, King Midas in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Leverkusen, um, they lost to um, lowly Nuremberg. Mm. That was their unbeaten record, gone. Well, they went 3-0 down as well, didn't they? They did, called it back to 3-2. So, yeah, and Schalke beat Frankfurt 4-1 away. So, yeah, incredibly tight. You know, a bit like England, really. The French league's really close as well. The French, I think it's, is it four points separates the top six? Five or six, yeah. Um, Arsenal, future... Player uh, Maron Shamak scored for Bordeaux. Yeah. Are you just going on assumption there? No, he did. Okay. No, he signed for them. He's agreed to sign There's for them in the summer. Talk of that. I don't I'm know. Pretty how sure true it's it is. A good young French player. I just thought. You know. No, I'm pretty sure it's, it's actually confirmed. Moroccan. Yeah, he's um, Moroccan. Oh yeah, an early error. Well, it's not that early in the show, is it? <laughs> true, yeah. But an error nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, that, that I've was always got to game. reiterate that I am human. Ladies <laughs> and <gentlemen. laughs> it was an interesting game because um, Montpellier missed a penalty and uh, they then got another penalty. Which they scored, but the referee made them retake it because of an infringement, and then they missed the next one. Oh, right. and, um, oh yeah, Bordeaux I saw were that. ten uh, down to ten men at that point. That they then scored. Montpellier got an equaliser. It was really, really up and down games. Montpellier equalised in like the ninety third minute. Costa scored. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But Shamax got on his way to becoming the sort of having his best goal scoring season. Yeah, at Bordeaux. It was a very, very good finish from him as well. So actually, all round, I mean, you got shaping up to be a sort of predictable but pretty close um, race for the Tottenham in La Liga. Germany's close, France is close, England's shaping up to be close. Mm. Holland, the only team, the only country that us down, Scotland. You're very <laughs> yeah. Holland's really close. Steve McLaren could win the league with his uh, yeah, yeah. FC Twenty. I mean, even Italy's getting closer, isn't it? Turns out football's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And let's not forget the Premier League is the greatest league on ever the known. earth ever known. Ever known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dinosaurs. If you could all remember that. <laughs> they had a great league, yeah. they did. Yeah. You're not getting anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about uh, German football earlier. Mad Jens. Yay! That's Mad Jens. Get That's him in his there. Name now. It's been far too long since he's been involved. <laughs> I think I heard his helicopter buzzing over earlier. That's the closest he's been. Um, he... Um, Apparently he was going to uh, hang up his boots at the end of the season, according to uh, Stuttgart's general manager. From now on, I will play barefoot. But <laughs> yeah. uh, he said, he said about Jens. He said there is a clear agreement with Jens Lehmann. He's going to hang up his boots at the end of the season. But here's Jens Lehmann, though. You never know. Yeah. Is that going to stop him hanging other people's boots on the roof of nets? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently uh, Jens could be um, maybe extending his career, uh, his contract, sorry, uh, for an extra year. And so his career. I'd like him to uh, yeah. become manager of Germany. He could be Germany's oh, Maradona. That. Oh, my God. That would yes. be brilliant. Yeah, that, that would be delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, sorry, the German goalkeeper did do a bit of a Lehmann, Did actually, didn't he? I thought, it, when I was watching that and I saw the keeper charge out, I was like... Oh my goodness! Is that Jens? Yeah, yeah, incredible. You've even written your notes here, Layman-esque. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Kenny Pavey, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sep time. 
<laughs> Not to be confused with profile time. Or s- anything sensible. <laughs> <laughs> Blatter's back and he's been talking to Leonandro Negre. Leandro Negre, sorry. Um, who is he? I hear you cry. Who is he? He is... <laughs> who is he? The, <laughs> he is the world hockey president. Oh, oh right. That's sensible. Yeah. Obvious. Well, they held informal talks. Do, the, do all the presidents of sports just hang out in some sort of, like, nefarious sort of world organisation in a bunker under, like, a <laughs> volcano? I think they hang out in Wanky Manor. Can... <laughs> 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 how can we ruin something people love? <laughs> yeah. um, well, it, they held informal talks, um, and they were talking about how... Blatter was very interested talking to Negre about how hockey changed when they got rid of the offside rule in that particular sport. So Sepp is interested in radically changing football by getting rid of the offside rule. Again, an excuse for a lunch. (laughs) I found out about this on Twitter. Someone tweeted me and it had the link and then someone had just written, he's gone too far this time. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you know, you boys saying you boys think that um, you've been, you were chatting to someone over the weekend who thinks it might potentially be an alright idea. I think it's ridiculous. They weren't saying it was a right idea. They were well up for it. Oh, were they? Really? Yeah, really? and uh, there's rumours that there. there was rumours that Graham Pohl would love to abolish the offside rules. Well. He's no longer a ref. Well, he still has an opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the game would be incredibly different, and it's, it's quite interesting to think about how it would have to change. Because I mean, you'd have to man mark sort of anyone who is even hinting that they might go hang. You'd so have goal hangers. Very, very different. Well, it would stretch the play an awful lot. I mean, the mm. game so would be quite open. to end. It would create a s- several new kinds of footballers. Yes. That would be fantastically yeah. interesting and to you see. Would, you would, there's a real talent in hanging off that last defender and making sure you stay on time. And I, I, I think it might make strikers sort of less... Well, not less talented, because that's sort of a natural thing, but sort of less kind of intelligent, in a way, because you wouldn't need to be... Do you feel it would be sure. dumbing the game down? News yeah, just I in. Think it would. Pippo <laughs> and Zaggy's in favour. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's very much Sepp just sort of seeing that the Winter Olympics are on and trying to make his spot sound more relevant at a time when Maybe, the Olympics yeah. is on. This, I don't um, think this will ever happen. You're probably He's right. He's the greatest sort of PR... For the FIFA, um, he, he's never out of the press. He's never out of the press, that man, and he's happy to make himself look ridiculous. He knows how. Yeah, he knows how to get a headline, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, though, that would be fine, Peter. I'd agree with that if I thought for one second he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> <at any stage>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a great understanding of the rules of hockey, but is it exactly the same, the offside rule? Because you know, rules are very different for very well, the, different sports. They famously abolished it a few years ago. It used to have. A, it used to have a offside. But rule was it the record. same as football's offside rule? I'm not sure. Didn't so, didn't somebody in the Facebook say that there's two kinds of league? There's two kinds of leagues. Some that play the offside rule and some that don't. And apparently, um, they say that it made, made it more exciting. But this other league um, flourished because of it because it was just more interesting. To watch. A different it's sport, so you know. It's, it's yeah. I just odd. do we really need to make football more exciting? I think it's fine as it is. I, I think there's enough firefighting to be done with, like racism. I don't know, like uh, corruption and stuff yeah, like that. They need to be dealing. Not with. enough free lunches. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you say about corruption, Pete. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard earlier. This is what set Blatter. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you know, he's not going to shoot himself in the foot there, is he? In the um, wallet. <laughs> the thing is, that if, if it did, if it did go through in about ten years' time, when Set Blatter's still the president, <laughs> he'll pop up, pipe up, and go, "We've got to get the offside rule back. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've got to get rid of goalkeepers." But uh, in your own half. <laughs> <laughs> Emails. Yes. Good call. <laughs> Give us an email. Somebody. Um, 
Hi Luke and fellow ramblers. It's Craig here of Craig and Kev's tour of 92 Football League grounds. Did they really start with Hello Luke and fellow ramblers? They did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the email was to me. I mean, I requested the email, so it's fair enough. Okay. Um, <laughs> we wanted to drop you a line to say thanks for supporting us as we toured our way up and down the country, taking in a huge array of splendid grounds mm. and then also the pits of the lower leagues. I think probably including Fratton Park in that. Uh, <laughs> and also thanks to those who donated on the Just Giving page, which is still up and running, and we'll keep that up on the website. We finally completed, in actual fact, our 94th ground, because Ooh. we went to Wembley and Millennium Stadium as well. In Cardiff. On, on Saturday morning, after seven long days on the road. Flipping it. Just in time to witness a great game between Portsmouth and Birmingham, which means Portsmouth are off to Wembley again. On our travels, we discovered a very amusing fact that came up whilst we were at Glamford Park. Tell us. Um, home to the mighty Scunthorpe United, obviously. Mm-hmm. Upon sneaking into their ground and having a quick look around, we oh. googled the stadium to find out some details around about the Irons. Oh, here we go. Now- Hang on, the Irons are West Ham? Both. Okay. Okay. Um, you like this one, boys. The ground was built in 1988 and was one of the first in the era of modern stadia, but the best bit came along around 1991. At the time, Neil Cox was proving to be a big hit at Scunthorpe and attracted the interest of Aston Villa, who came along with an offer. Now, bearing in mind this is 91, so obviously before the Premier League, yeah, yeah. the offer came in was massive, £350,000. But the deciding factor for the Scunthorpe United Board of Directors was when Villa offered to 1,600 <laughs> seats for their stadium as part of the deal. Obviously, because they wear the same colours. Yeah. They had 1,600 spare seats knocking about, so we're giving <laughs> them for your stadium if you want it. Scunthorpe were like, yeah, all right, lovely, we'll have some of that. We're all over that. And uh, they got the seats <laughs> uh, and part of company with their best player. Oh, my goodness. Quite a nice little fact, I thought. It yeah. is a good little, good little factoid. Um, all the best guys. Keep on rambling. Uh, Craig and Kev. He sent some pictures as well, which we'll get up on the website. He was wearing a Marco Van Basten Dean Windass Hall of he's, Fame yeah, t-shirt. He's got a Van Basten uh, Windass <laughs> Hall of Fame t-shirt. Which yeah. is wonderful work. Mm. Well done, Craig. Well done, Craig. Yeah, well done, lads. And, That's and, a round of applause. And the most important thing is they've run loads of money for, for charity. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we do like charity. And if you don't, you should. Pete. Uh, this is from a young man by the name of Eric Beard. Good. <laughs> Good. I immediately won over. Yeah. Uh. Hello, Ramble Force. I have an absurd article for you guys. Check out this article about how Hugo Lemon's name changed to Hugo Penis Licker in the official mat <laughs> of, of the official match program of the Sweden Wales Friendly. The Here other, is my yeah, it was last week. Yeah. yeah. The official match programme for tonight's match against Sweden writes that Hugo Penis Licker was a Swedish coach in the <laughs> 1910s. Uh, this embarrassing mistake has probably arisen after the Welsh copied the names of all the Swedish managers from English Wikipedia. The only problem was that someone edited the page before and re- replaced Hugo Levin, who led the national team from 1914 to 1915, with Hugo Penis Licker. That's disrespectful, that. <laughs> it's a lovely... Never do your research on Wikipedia. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> so, enough, somebody sent me a link, um to Tim Lovejoy's Wikipedia page where yeah. in under personal life it now I don't know if it's still up there <laughs> but at the time it certainly said um, Tim Lovejoy now supports Chelsea and has been regularly bummed by John Terry <laughs> oh it's a cheap one outrageous mm, yeah. um, on the subject of Sweden Ke- our boy Kenny Pavey Kenny Pavey um, won the um, equivalent of the charity or community shield as it is now um, for Icor uh, last week Scutting the Super Cuppen it's called good Good. Well, um, well, well done, done to Kenny. Kenny. Well done to Kenneth Pave, and uh, well done to Eric Beard. So. <laughs> Eric Beard, you sure someone doesn't change his name as well? <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd make a good Eric Beard, I think. When he was uh, Eric Beard, from now he, on in. <laughs> when he was younger, he was Eric Stubble. <laughs> James or Jim, you've got the final email. Make it a good one. I do. And don't piss it up. Okay. <laughs> Afternoon ramble fodder. 
I personally like Stan Collymore, but feel he may be having another breakdown, tweeting things like, I bet Stephen Fry gets free Apple gear. He was at the Apple iPad launch. He's officially the tallest man to have been in my house. He begins what? jealously and ends with a random fact that isn't particularly amazing, as Stephen Fry only stands six foot five. And reading this, you would be led to believe he was about nine foot seven. Unless, of course, Stan only has friends who are very short to allow him to assert his dominance. Ramble Force, who? Jake Sherville. Thank you for that, Jake. That is weird. Yeah. It's like the Henry Winter, Michael Owen-related nervous yeah. breakdown that happened on Twitter as well. The Winter one was much more spectacular. Mm. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, I saw Michael a bit Michael Owen had actually died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anyone missed it, it was just sort of... It was um, when the news came out about, about Michael Owen's injury and Henry Winter just seemed to get sadder and sadder. All these updates about, like, his favourite <laughs> Michael Owen moments and just... just ugh, he, he was weird. basically leading... Henry Winter's a journalist for... Uh, Telegraph. The Telegraph, yeah, we should say, You yeah. say he's a journalist, but... He, he, uh, <laughs> he was... Um, he was basically going through all the reasons why he thought Michael Owen should be in the squad and how it was a big loss. And the thing he did to prove it was he went, I'm just going through my favourite Michael Owen moments, presumably on DVD or something. Scrapbook. Yeah, and he, and, he goes, <laughs> and he goes, my top three Owen goals. He listed like three Owen goals. The most recent one, eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of backs up the point that he shouldn't really be in the squad anyway. It's not as though he was ever going to be in it. He's only been in one Capello squad, I think, and that was very early on. I mean, it's sad that he's injured, obviously, but Winter, yeah. don't take it personal. Well, going back to Collymore, though, I'm Pleased that uh, that someone's emailed us in with Collymore because we did talk about the um, the odd behaviour of Stan Collymore and Ramble yeah. Extra, I believe. Yeah, Basic Instinct Two star Stan Collymore. <laughs> <laughs> Still could be an exchange bond. My mm. vote. <laughs> <laughs> so who's getting the goodie bag? I think it's got to be Eric Beard. Yeah, yeah. the penis liquor. The Hugo yeah. penis liquor. Lovely bit of um... penis liquor sounds like a Swedish name. Anyway. Yeah. If, you get, if you get the term penis liquor into an email, you're yeah. pretty much a shoe. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you've found our level, Eric. Beard. <laughs> you've found our level. Beardo. Hello, I'm Dean Windass, and this is my Hall of Fame. Oh, birds and geezers, it's profile time. And uh, who have we got today? Well, do you know something? Now we've got many, many good players, teams. Stadium matches, t tournaments, all the, rest of, all the rest of it in there. But uh, currently, it's mayhem in there. <laughs> it is mayhem in there. And I'm, I'm scared to look. <laughs> it's like when you haven't tidied your room for ages. You just think, no, leave it. <laughs> I went once, didn't go back. And I'll tell you why it's mayhem, Pete. There isn't a referee. <gasps> why not? Jeff Winter? <laughs> is, it, is he not in there? Piss <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Luigi Colina. Oh, hey. couldn't, couldn't have picked another ref. Couldn't have picked another. Yeah, ref. couldn't have. Um, a couple of the ramblers actually at the Christmas drinks were telling me I should put him in. I said, "Look, we've got a long list of people to get in, mm. so you're not getting credit for that." <laughs> um, but you have got a mention, so well done. Um, Pierre Luigi Colina, widely regarded as one of the best referees of all time. Mm, surely the best. Do you reckon? You'd argue, wouldn't you? You're going to say it. Yeah, I reckon so. Okay. It's an opinion. Um, very popular, extremely popular figure in the game of football, which is a remarkable achievement for a referee, let's be honest. Absolutely, definitely. He was unbelievably respected by players, managers and fans. I mean, to be res ridiculously well respected by fans. Yeah, yeah that's, that is a real achievement, isn't it? To the point, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but um, there's obviously been a lot of controversy in Italy apparently recently about some bad refereeing decisions that are quite high profile, and the, the Napoli fans feel particularly aggrieved, and they've been wearing masks of Kalina. That's as class. a sort of sign of sort it out, which is yeah. brilliant. That is super. He's the only referee I know of or can think of that's so well loved. I mm. mean, you know... There's definitely not another one, certainly in the modern era. 
that's as popular as him. Yeah. Where do you get a mask from? That's what yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could have been an Uncle Fester mask. <laughs> Come on. That was the thing. I think he was well respected because genuinely he didn't have, he wasn't particularly fat, he wasn't particularly <laughs> thin. He just, he, he had a very um, simple face. It was just a big egg. And um, <laughs> and res- and people just didn't that's have anything to t- Oh, he's got a big nose. He's nothing, got big- nothing to do with his referee ability. No. no. Just because he stands out because his face looks like an egg. Not <laughs> <laughs> really, not really grasp the concept of this profile, have you? <laughs> <laughs> if, if we've learnt nothing in this life, having a face like an egg is an automatic indicator of respect. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, it wasn't the reasons I was going to list, but... I, it but must you be in there, surely. <laughs> he hasn't got a goal-scoring record. <laughs> You're not interested. Um, just wonderful authority he had on the game. Mm. At secondary school, a friend of his asked him if he wanted to go on a referee's course, and, and as he put it, he said, "Well, I thought, why not? Mm. What a decision! What a, what a turning point yeah. mm. in in the history of the game." Um, apparently, when he got there, there was uh, one of the referees was having problems with his contact lenses. Um, and somebody suggested, oh, well, so let, Kalina sent him off. Let's, let's see. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, the, the, refer, the referee was having problems. So, oh, right. so uh, I think his friend said, oh, Pierre Luigi, he, he can do it. Just chuck him on. And that was like his introduction. Well, he never done anything before. Yeah, he, just got, he just got straight into Get this, in there, on, this uh, on this refereeing course, yeah. Um, he did play uh, football just for a local team as a, as a defender during his teenage years. Apparently, he got a couple of red cards. But as he put it, two red cards for a central defender in six years isn't that terrible, is it? No. And it didn't have any bearing on his wonderful refereeing career. If anything, it gave him experience of what it's like to be sent off. <laughs> if yeah. anything, he's a method ref. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite kind of ref. Yeah. In 1988, he um, was refereeing in, in Serie C1 and Serie C2. And uh, soon enough, after three years there, he was uh, promoted to Serie A, the big league. About this time, he... He contracted um, a severe form of alopecia, which resulted in him obviously losing all his uh, facial hair. Simon, you can catch alopecia. That's terrifying. Um, I think it happens. Well, contracted with, it. You know. I think something happens in, in your life which causes you stress to get alopecia. Because that's right. what happened to Duncan Goodhue. He fell out of a tree and he was like, absolutely terrified. Really? And he was he was scared about, about anything for a long, long time, and all this all his hair fell out. Is that mm. right? Yeah. Oh. I I'm not sure what happened to Kalina. All right. Well. You can can neither confirm nor deny a tree may have been involved. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like to speculate, Pete. <laughs> no. Uh, in '95, he was placed on FIFA's referee list, so that's when the ball really, really got rolling on the on the international stage. But only under his command. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> very good. Uh, he says his most memorable matches are, um, in his words, he said there was the World Cup final in 2002, which is obviously. Well, it's the most high-profile game in the world, therefore yeah, yeah. it is the most high-profile The world game. has ever known. He was a real feature in that final. I remember yeah. sort of, sort of almost plumping That's an egg running around! Big old egg! What I loved about Kalina was... Pete was about to say, I was really pulling... Like, you were supporting the referee. Supporting the referee. <laughs> Who was I going to support, then? That's what you've got to ask support. yourself. Ronaldo in Brazil? Nah. No. Um, notable, another notable egg. <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe a different kind of animal name. <laughs> He's never been called that before. <laughs> Ronaldo's <laughs> just gone onto the Brazilian Big Brother. I wonder if they described him as a as notable egg. <laughs> the notable egg does sound like a sort of Brazilian nickname. <laughs> Bloody good album. <laughs> El Phenomeno, you know, the notable egg. Eguinho. Eguinho. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh god. Uh, Scrambling my brain. 
Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, Pete, I'll move on. Eggshell. Oh, <laughs> why did I do that? Why did I do that? Just sorry, Everyone. Mum. Mm. Um, it's beyond a yoke and all that. Oh, dear. Uh, yes, of course there was the World Cup final. What I liked about Kalina was... When you knew he was refereeing, it was... Uh, it's almost reassuring. Well, it's yeah. reassuring, but it's almost like, oh, brilliant. You know, it's a bit like... Um, you know, it would be a bit like watching Brazil and you're thinking Ronaldinho's not playing at the World Cup and say, oh, he is playing, oh, fantastic. You know, it'd be yeah. like, oh, superb, we've got someone else on the show almost, you know. On Kalina, I think it's been said in the show before, possibly, but the, the um, in Italy, the, the age upper age limit for referees is actually lower than it is in England. And after he was forced to retire from in Italy... There was talk of him coming to England to referee. There yeah, was, yeah, the yeah. Premier League, yeah, yeah. Well, there was. It obviously it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, but, but going back to his um, most memorable matches, he said that uh, his his favourite one was the Champions League final in '99 between Bayern Munich and Manchester United. Of course, uh, he also mentioned England v Scotland at Wembley and the Germany won England five match in in Munich. He said he'd been very lucky because he'd refereed so many important games. I wouldn't have said. I think he's doing himself a disservice. Well, I, I think you know if you're if you're a good enough referee, you let the game flow and you know how to read the game. And, yeah, and, and then you know you're a big part of that. Well, you know, I, I don't think blown up every five minutes. I never would have been that. Well, I don't think putting him in charge at England Scotland, England Germany, big games like that is any coincidence. No, they think yeah, well, no. these are big games. We need someone who's not going to, you know, bottle it, I suppose. Produce three other cards? Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. Um, he said that the, the last three minutes of that final between Bayern Munich and Manchester United, he said it was the most dramatic three minutes of my career. He said the atmosphere was fantastic. The game itself was important, but nothing special. He said Bayern deserved to win. Um, and he said Manchester United goalkeeper Pete Schmark for him was man of the match but uh, he said no one thought United could score a second goal he said I remember the United bench telling their players that the game was over because they were happy to go to extra time really? you know we profiled Sheringham last week didn't yeah, we? that's interesting wow Ole Gunnar Schultz had other ideas of course but he, he, he's often talked about technology in the game or, or the, certainly obviously the introduction of, of technology he's in favour of it isn't he well it's I think he's he's basically saying, if you're going to do it, do it. I, I thought, yeah. If not, then don't have a go at the referee. Yeah, that's what I thought I read. I think I read, um, you know, anything. He, he said something along the lines of anything that helps the referee is a good thing in his view. Sure, like that, yeah. but he says it's very difficult because he says there's there's almost like two two kinds of games. He says you've got the match in the stadium and the match on television. Yeah. And he said... Well, they are very different. Yeah, they? of we course know they that. are. It, that does seem very different when you're there and then you yeah. see the highlights. But he said, you know, if you've got... 20-odd cameras at a game, they, they see everything. A referee can't possibly do that, you know. Yeah. Um, he said that you know, referees, referees are blamed because of, of what technology can show that they can't, you know. A referee can't keep up with the technology, so if you're going to moan about it, then bring the technology in, I suppose. Mm. Um, he also was talking about diving. He, he, you know, he said that it wasn't just a, a Latin or a Mediterranean problem. Uh, he said it's the same throughout the world. But, he, you know, again, it, he just... He loves the game. It's as clear as day, and and just wants the best for the game, and and you know it's almost a bit like he's saying, "Come on, these things are damaging the game. Why are we doing this?" Mm. Yeah. And you know he's a real football purist, and he's saying that the players have to realise that it's not only the referees who is who are damaged by diving, but the real impact is against each other. Mm. Yeah. He said, um, "My job is not to change the game, but to make it work to everyone's satisfaction," which is quite. 
Yeah. You know, when you see some referees who want to stamp their authority on the oh, game. Of course. They, it's, it's abundantly clear to me that certain referees always want to be the centre of attention. Yeah. That's a problem. He said the priority must be to protect the most skillful players from violent play and to crack down on diving. Which is, I think... A good set of morals. Yeah. That's right, that's right, yeah. But uh, he also said, again, making the game safer and fairer is also the responsibility of the players. You know, the responsibility um, needs to come from players as well. And he says that they must educate themselves in how they play the game out of respect for their opponents and for themselves. And he said in Italy they've tried for several years to educate players about the risks of violent play uh, and says that th things are improving and he says that they're seeing fewer injuries from violent play itself. Well, it's, it's clear to me that Kalina, because he's such a well-respected figure in terms of an official, he still has a big part to play within the world game. Mm. He could, he could, you know, chair a referees association, that sort of thing, and and, and keep and keep and without because he's got a great, um, he's got a great knack of being able to say things and comment on things without being seen like a Jeff Winter just looking for attention all the time, yeah, you know, which is a really important asset for a referee. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes about Kalina that he, you know, a, a lot of referees you think of them as being this sort of almost traffic warden style people, but he doesn't seem like that. He seems like the sort of bloke who would actually be a really sort of decent bloke. And you know, can you imagine? Going out for a pint with Mark Clattenburg, <laughs> going down the fun fair with Chris Foy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Kalina does seem a decent bloke, although obviously he has has his troubles. We were talking about the alopecia thing. I think I know what it was actually that um, would have sparked this off. Uh, apparently, he once fell off a wall. Uh, had a great fall. The king got all of his men and his horses like to try and sort him out. But <laughs> I'm going didn't quite work. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. Ladies and gentlemen, I've returned, <laughs> and I apologise. I just walked off in disgust. <laughs> James, <laughs> such flippancy. Dear, oh dear. James um, is right, though. I mean, because what about that? The referees, referees are much. Oh, sorry, referees are clearly always seen as sort of traffic wardens. Whereas yeah. I see Kalina as more of a custodian, more yes. yeah, yeah, it's a very like good a curator of a museum or something, where he shows you around. This is what you do. This is what to do. This is what not to do. Very and much. He just so. oversees things. You it's, know? it's a pity that he's not sort of higher up in some sort of um, football association, uh, i.e. FIFA, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if he was president of FIFA. I mean, he's got the qualifications you need to be doing that job. The world would be a better place tenfold. I'm going to read an extract from Graham Pohl's book called Seeing Red. Okay, so bear with me. But it is good stuff, so... Okay. Trust me. And it, it is a question of trust. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pohl describes... This is where uh, Graham Pohl describes a briefing by Kalina during the 2002 World Cup. He said, In the hotel room in which he told the assistants what he wanted from them, there was a whiteboard and he drew a pitch on it. I expected him to explain something straightforward, such as which areas of the field he wanted the assistants to make decisions. But on that whiteboard, he wrote the names of both teams in their correct formations. He used the names he was going to call them if he needed to speak to them rather than their formal names. Then he went on to explain in great detail what would happen if Japan went to goal up or if Turkey took the lead. He explained how the losing side would change their tactics or formation or whether they would make a substitution. He detailed how the other team would probably respond. Then he indicated who might get involved in incidents behind his back. He told the assistants who and what to look for in what circumstances. That's amazing. Wow. What a student of the game. Yeah, that well, is that, amazing. That's exactly what you need, isn't that's, it? That's better than the vast majority of managers yeah. that would know. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of Chelsea's dossiers, do you remember that? Yeah. When they came well, how, how detailed were they? That was mind-blowing, that was. But it's incredible. Kalina, the referee, That's didn't brilliant. You? Well, that's what you yeah. want, taking an interest. Someone who knows the game. Yeah. That's, that's, that's no that's, coincidence. You know, that was Japan versus Turkey, I think um, they were saying. 
not even the starting formations and who's a bit this. If they want a goal up, what would happen if they did? So he knows the the manager's tactics he's as well. He's put his research and he's studying, he's studying the game. He, he also told Paul to look at a player's hands when he elbows another player. Um, he said, if his hands are in a fist, it's deliberate. If his fingers are spread, then it isn't. Interesting. <laughs> That's yeah. a good point, that. Make um, a mental uh, note. Any amateur footballers out there, remember <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> what I loved about Kalina, I think we all do, is it, it, he just... He showed the players respect as well. Mm. And a lot of referees, as you said, Luke, they want to be the centre of attention. They just, they love it when they can show a player a yellow card yeah. or something and, and look the big man. But Kalina, as you said, wasn't like that. Uh, he And he said everyone deserves respect in the game. And, and he proved this famously by there was um, an Italian league match at Piacenza and he stopped the game until club officials had removed a racist fan banner which insulted a black player. He said, we're not carrying on until you get rid of that. That's brilliant. See, that's Good what you start. need. That's, what, that's what you need from the referees. That's what you need from the people running the game. Yeah. That should be a thing referees have to do. Very much so. One man, though, hated him. <laughs> Jeff Winter? Yeah. <laughs> Luciano Moggi. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yes, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Who... Uh, was the, the behind all the the Calciopoli scandal? That's right. Yeah. Saying. Apparently, there was just there was no way of bribing Kalina, and he <laughs> hated it. I imagine he tried many ways. Yeah. As well. <laughs> Interestingly enough, in an interview, uh, Kalina was asked which player he admires the most, and he answered David Beckham. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, actually, I suppose David Beckham sort of extols the sort of virtues of just sort of dignity and just yeah. hard work and yeah. well Beckham actually described him as the best referee in the world maybe not just... wanting to be centre of attention <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I, I, I do remember an incident when England were away to Turkey in a I think it was a Euro 2004 qualifier and there was an incident between Beckham and uh, Alpi Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he was yeah. playing for Villa at the yeah. time, and they were really going at it. And there was a bit of a, a bit of a fight in the tunnel, I think, at half time. Mm. And Kalina called them both into his office, and just said, "Oi, come on, cut that out." And he gave them a bit of a talking to. And second half, I, as far as I could see, I don't think there was too much. I mean, there would have probably been little bits and pieces, yeah. but again, he showed them respect. Yeah. And uh, but took command. Yeah. And and stamped it out. Sensible but stuff. One of the, one of the best moments for me with Kalina was um, it was I think it was Holland v Czech Republic in Euro two thousand, and I can't remember who it was. It was one of the Czech players, and he was quite a big guy. It wasn't Collar, but mm. he's a big guy. <clears throat> and Kalina, I think, went to book someone, and he kind of like put his hand on Kalina's arm as if to say no, no, no. God. And Kalina threw his hand off him gave the guy a booking and then like put his face right up to that Czech player <laughs> and shouted at him don't and then touch that, me yeah exactly <laughs> he's shouted you know and then, and then the Czech player walked off and then Kalina looked up again at him and almost like <laughs> God, <laughs> like, like, you know, don't you? You uh, have those crazy, crazy eyes. Yeah, it would did. scare you if you were in his bad, well, literally in his bad books. He That's wouldn't, right. He wouldn't sort. He wouldn't shout. He wouldn't shout and scream and sort of like he would. He would just let you talk and talk and talk, yeah. and he'd just stand there, stony faced with those, yeah. those eyes, menacing oh authority. He, uh, he, what you've mentioned about his uh, his age, Luca, with retirement. Well, um, in Italian football. The retirement age was 45, but they tried to make it 46 so they could, he could uh, carry on for another year. Well, it's odd that the, the retirement age in Italy for referees is lower than it is in the Premier League, yeah. given that the Premier League's played at such a faster mm. pace in the, in the Serie A. That's right, yeah. Um, apparently, he took a sponsorship deal with Opel, who were sp sponsors of AC Milan mm. at the time. That was a conflict of interest, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. and there was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff there, and uh, he handed in his uh, reg resignation uh, over that, mm. uh, which has effectively ended his career. 
It's a real shame. One question, though, people were always interested in is who he actually supported. Mm. Mm. And Portsmouth. He, was it Portsmouth? It, wa- <laughs> it, it wasn't Portsmouth. Oh, okay. I don't think, anyway. But, um, but when he was asked about this in, in an article I read uh, recently, he said, when I was ten, I didn't know my future. When I'm asked who I supported, what am I supposed to say? That I don't support anyone? What would people's reaction be? That I'm crazy? That I come from Mars? Uh, I only said that I supported Lazio when I was a boy. Remember, when I was a boy. But journalists forget this and say I'm a Lazio supporter. And the, uh, the, the man who wrote the article said at the end that before Kalina left, he said to him, please make sure you write what I said about Lazio. I want people to know the truth. This is something I'd like to sort out. Mm. Oh. So he's impartial, but... Yeah, so he's he... basically taken the hit, hasn't he? Yeah. His own support yeah. for, to, to sort of dedicate himself to his profession. It's Incidentally, really it's something I'm also prepared to do. <laughs> 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 at the moment. Yeah. Well, like for you, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, you've done exactly the same thing. Well, yeah, I'm next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm off that week, aren't I? <laughs> um, yeah, he retired in 2005, but he's now uh, concentrated on his own business as a financial advisor. He also does a bit of public speaking, and uh, he explains how he got to the top of his trade and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it says that his presentations are inspirational and filled with uh, anecdotes and humour. Are we going to end on a quote, Marcus? Uh, we're not. We're going to end on a fact. But I would just like to say that he presents his talks in Italian, English or Spanish. Ah, nice. You know. Uh, he's also got a book out, The Rules of the Game, and that is without doubt my uh, book of the week. Um, but I will end up on a fact. Perhaps his greatest achievement, and this is up against some real stiff competition, I can tell you, perhaps his greatest achievement was being voted the sexiest man in Italy. Oh. <laughs> wow. Come on in. Yeah, Luigi. Welcome. Brian Clough's got a lot to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the football ramble this week. I hope you've had a lovely time. If you want to get in touch with us, the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com. And the website is thefootballramble.com. Uh, gentlemen, Betway predictions. I got a treble. Oh, yeah, last week you just came in, didn't it? Mine got let down by West Ham losing at home to Bolton. Athletic yeah. Bilbao, Palermo and Everton. Good. Well done. Is that the first treble for any of us to come in? I think so. Yeah, well done. He thinks it is, but I'm not sure. I can't confirm what's an eye Up yours, Lukey Ball. <laughs> <laughs> this week I've gone for um, undoubtedly the stellar highlights. Probably be the first game on match of the day. Um, <laughs> Bolton to beat Wigan. Right. <laughs> I, I, last week I went for uh, Arsenal to beat Burnley. Well done, James. <laughs> uh, this week I've gone for a treble, which is AC Milan to beat Kiev or Verona, Man City to beat Sunderland, and uh, Villarreal to beat Cherith. Because, you know. They get battered all the time. Well, they won, didn't they? Yeah, they, they scored, scored four goals in yeah. one game. Mm. Yeah, PT. Um, I um, tried to climb out of my points hall uh, by choosing <laughs> Manchester United win, but then I forgot that the way betting works is that um, you don't get that much. <laughs> you don't get that much back if you if you bet an easy bet. So uh, marathon, so, not a sprint. Exactly. So uh, this week I've gone for uh, Everton, Bologna, and uh, Mallorca to win as well. Ooh, but all, all all big scoring sides at the moment. I think. Well, I've, I've gone for Everton, Athletic Bilbao, and Palermo again. Another Ooh. treble. Stick with what you know. They came in for me last week. They're going to do it this week again. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> if you want to get involved, it's obviously betway.com forward slash the football ramble or you can click on the uh, banner through our website thefootballramble.com and remember good listeners that you can hear the football ramble extra every friday on 442.com just a bit more ra- ramble for your buck pete yeah unique uh, exclusive content 15 minutes of it imagine that
<laughs> Crazy. Uh, say goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, James or Jim. Goodbye. Uh, we're all off to stay on side. Ta. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.